0: Good Morning Teacher, I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. Good morning teachers, you're listening to episode number six. Today, I'm giving you a sneak peek into my planning process and how it has evolved over time. And I'll share the four things I always do when planning and think you should do too. I'm really excited about this episode because truth be told, I can geek out over the standards and I love to organize lessons and materials so that math is attainable for kids No matter what subject you teach, you can apply my planning process. So let's jump in. I want to tell you a very brief horror story about my first year teaching to illustrate the importance of planning. First, you need to know that I never student taught. Though I received my degree in math and science education, I participated in a year long internship program that allowed me to have my very own classroom for an entire year with the help of a mentor from our district office. Cindy was a wonderful, experienced math teacher. So that first year, I taught five sections of on-level seventh grade math and one section of Pre-AP Algebra I to eighth graders. This was tricky because there was another Algebra I teacher who taught the remaining sections, but we didn't have a common planning period and she coached so she frequently had responsibilities before and after school which made planning together almost impossible. Plus, it was my first year, and I was struggling with all the common first-year teacher challenges. It was kind of like a recipe for a disaster. So the first unit is coming to an end, and I plan to give a unit test. You know, because that's what you do. And ask me if it occurred to me that I should have my students review or take time to review in class. Well, of course not. Obviously, I had not worked with 8th graders much in my career. Well, when I realized that the other Algebra teacher was giving a review and then a test, I started to panic. I didn't even think about reviewing. I didn't have a review or a plan for reviewing. I was just following the district-provided scope and sequence, and there was not a day for review. The other Algebra teacher graciously shared her review and test with me, which then had me even more freaked out. It looked nothing like mine. This was not aligned to my test it would have been pointless to give it as a review. So leaving from a late night training, I called Cindy, my mentor, in tears, exhausted. And she said, Noelle, I will be there tomorrow. Let's give your test as a review and we can write a new test together. Bless her. She not only helped me survive my first year, but she gave me the gift of loving to teach math. I share this story with you, mostly so we can discuss all my mistakes and learnings, but also because you may have made some of these same mistakes as well. We all have. Because while you can go to school to learn to teach and you can study teaching methods, there is something about teaching children that really can't be replicated. In this profession, you learn so much more by doing. For today's purposes, we are talking about planning, everything that is involved from first looking at the standards to materials in front of the student and how I like to go about that process. Hopefully, you can take a few things away to avoid my mistakes and shave time off your planning. First, I firmly believe in backwards planning, sometimes also referred to as understanding by design. The idea behind it is that you are looking at the standard and breaking down what students need to be able to do. You are also looking for examples of how students are asked to show mastery in that standard. This could be a state assessment question, a project or PBL that requires application of the concept. If you're a math teacher, it could even be a three-act task. Say that three times fast. Your goal here is to see that thinking required by a student to show mastery of that standard or concept. Two of my favorite websites are leadforward.com for Texas teachers and achievethecore.org for those of you outside of Texas. They both have a very distinct breakdown of the standards and show the progression of standards from one grade level to the next and even between concepts. If you're driving or washing dishes or folding laundry, don't worry, all of the links are available at maneuveringthemiddle.com episode six. If you've taught before, you want to look at how your students performed historically and determine what went well and what should change. I encourage you to try so hard to keep doing what is working so that you avoid reinventing the wheel over and over again. Sure, you can tweak those lessons or make them better or more engaging. Just remember that your time is valuable and working to improve upon a standard or a lesson is not equal. You have to choose wisely and focus on the lessons that historically show a need for improvement. Okay, so we have looked at those standards closely and we have seen how students are expected to show mastery. Now I love to take a 30,000 foot view of the unit. I typically view or print a calendar for the entire grading period, not the month. This is really important because you need your grades, assessments, projects, etc., to fall in line with the grading period. The last thing you want to end up with is a test on the last day of the grading period. Trust me, I've also made that mistake. So while you have your calendar laid out, we can now sketch out a very generic plan for the unit, literally penciling in concepts and standards into the calendar, being specific as to what part of the standard or concept will be taught each day. So rather than saying, I will spend a week solving one-step equations, it would say something like, Monday, introduce adding and subtracting one-step equations with algebra tiles then Tuesday would say adding and subtracting one-step equations, Wednesday might be adding and subtracting one-step equations with positive rational numbers and so forth and so on. You kind of get the idea. So I love to include the following when I'm looking at that calendar to plan. First, a flex day. There will be kids out, there will be a field trip or an alternative schedule or a pep rally. So the flex day really keeps me on track and prevents reworking everything when a change happens. A reteach day. This goes along with the idea of a flex day, but more focused on spiraling or reteaching any concept before moving forward. This might look like test corrections or a day in stations where everyone is working on something different. My grading requirements. Whatever your school requirements are, keep them in mind. If you're supposed to have two tests, then make sure they are on the calendar. While you're at it, make sure there's not an assessment in the last week of the grading period. It will literally save you so many hours scurrying around trying to get absent students to take an assessment. So now I have my calendar with topics, a flex day or two, my assessments. Next, I am gonna look for concepts that work well as a collaborative activity. This way, you can be sure you are incorporating collaboration in a purposeful way. We need to build in that rigor for the standards, so you want to be cautious that you are planning for that in your calendar. For example, if your students love playing quizzes or gimkit, which typically have a more skill-based question, keep that in mind and plan accordingly so that you're building t- to the rigor of the standards. You now have a plan for the entire grading period sketched out and you can work that plan. And if you didn't get my reference, be sure to check out episode one where I talk about making a plan and working the plan. Now you can move into the next phase of planning where you gather your materials. This is where I really encourage you to find a reliable resource to use. Obviously, I firmly believe in our maneuvering the middle curriculum because it's standards aligned, student friendly, and constantly being updated. We literally want to do the heavy lifting for you when it comes to planning and prepping your materials. We have done this exact planning process, and while it still may need to be tweaked for your students, you can count on the majority of the prep being lifted or maybe your district has something for you. Great, try to make small tweaks and changes without starting from scratch, or at the very least choose wisely what you start from scratch on. This will help you to stay focused and on track and minimize your hours at school. One thing that has always helped me is to have a checklist for each unit so that I'm actually not having to constantly think about what else I need to do. Now you have your list, you have your materials pulled together. And this is where I'm gonna talk about batching again. So if you want to know more about batching, check out episode number one. Instead of trying to go day by day through your calendar, trying to finish everything for the day, try and work on an entire week and with the goal of working up towards the entire unit. For example, when you're sorting through your materials, you can also be pulling questions for your assessment or your review. That way you can ensure your assessment matches what you're teaching and you aren't left to create a test at the end of the unit. Remember, pulling questions from an assignment and then making small tweaks for an assessment is much more efficient than sitting down to a blank screen to write an assessment. Or perhaps you need two collaborative activities and a review activity. You can search for all of those at the same time, cutting down your time spent scouring the internet for help. Lastly, you want to prioritize what needs to be done. At one of my schools, we had a copy room volunteer who would come on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This literally was the driving force behind me getting my materials together. I did not want to have to make my own copies. You may want to prioritize getting your materials together before the end of the week so that you can load them into your LMS for the upcoming week. If you remember from episode one, I talked about creating a plan for the week and then working your plan. Well, this is a great example of something that can be thought out and planned in advance. This keeps you from wasting time after school when you're tired and your brain isn't at full capacity. Whatever it is for you, keep in mind that the most important and critical pieces of lesson planning and focus on those. It is so easy to focus on the little things that don't have a big impact in your classroom. But remember that ever-present 80-20 rule. 20% of the things you will do yield 80% of the results. So really focus on that 20% that will have the biggest impact on your students, your planning time, and your overall quality of life. Also, remember that this might change from unit to unit. Let's say that you have a unit that you love and your kids have been so successful with. Amazing, right? That might be a unit that you want to add a little bit more to, maybe an extension lesson or a project or potentially a fun out-of-the-box engagement piece to draw students in. The day I set my classroom up like a grocery store with different items was so fun, it took very little time. It wasn't something that I labored over, but it did add an engaging element that I hadn't tried before. That was a lot to take in. Let's recap. These four steps have helped me to master my planning. First, Consider taking a backwards planning approach by looking at the standards and how students are expected to show mastery. Second, take a 30,000 foot view of your unit, giving yourself a flexible plan. Third, find a reliable resource like our Maneuvering the Middle curriculum that you can use or reference. And fourth, batch and prioritize gathering any necessary materials. Remember that that ever famous 80-20 rule and focus on the 20% of things that will have the biggest impact on your students, your classroom, and your overall quality of life. We are several weeks into our Good Morning Teacher podcast, and it has been a joy to record these for you. I am hoping that they are making your commute to work a little more enjoyable, and that you are able to take ideas and make them work in your classroom. If you've been loving the podcast, then we would love a five-star review. It helps us to get found by other teachers. For all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode six. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.